Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, this time of year, um, I guess it's, it's all you could ask for um, as, as a player. Um, you know, I think the coaching staff and the, the uh, you know, the scouts and, and uh, everybody in management has done a great job of just making this team better from, from uh, getting guys in here, uh, whether it be the draft, free agency, uh, things like that. And then, and then now it's our job to get better. The guys that have been here, um, you know, we have to do our job of, of, of preparing, getting better, and, and really helping this team get to where we want to be. Translation, no excuses. <laughs> no excuses. Super Bowl, homeboy. Homeboy. <laughs> that was the comma. Super yes. Bowl, homeboy. We should, yeah, we should do that again with subtitles underneath Adam Thielen. <laughs> Just like Super well, Bowl. Well, he, he took your Mr. Mankato Award so well five years ago. I'm sure he still loves our show and, and listens to it all the time. He all right. So he thought it was weird that we gave him a styrofoam cooler from the gas station down the street from Mankato training camp uh, that included a comb, funyuns, uh, I think uh, some diet Mountain Dew or some other sort of soda. Yeah, we bought it a couple all. other things. It was a yeah. gift. We crowned him Mister Mankato, and he was like, "He played along." Uh, Here's a restraining order. Don't ever yeah, come don't within ever 100 feet of me ever be again. Be my family ever again. <laughs> we didn't know he was going to turn out to be really good. <laughs> yeah, we thought, we yeah, thought this will just be the this is a highlight of his life right now. Our yeah. thought process was it's a guy who played here, Mr. Mankato. Ha ha. That makes perfect sense. You know, he'll probably be selling insurance by 2018. That's what we thought. <laughs> it was great. Now, he played along pretty well. So uh, this is Purple Daily, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and our executive producer, Declan Goff. Uh, you heard from Adam Thielen off the top of the show there. That was from last week at Vikings minicamp. And, uh, and, and, he, and he had a couple other quotes and things that we played throughout the week. But he said specifically that this is the most excited he's ever been for a Vikings season to start, just with all the offseason moves. And, you know, this is now going to be year four with Kirk Cousins, and so this is the longest he's ever been able to work with a quarterback. They've got weapons. They've improved the offensive line. I think a lot of these guys, too, like Clint Kubiak. You know, he's a younger guy. Um, I'm sure they've been able to build a connection with him over the last couple of years. So there's some there's some Clint Kubiak optimism, and Adam Thielen was one of the guys saying, like, this isn't going to be last year's offense. This is going to be Clint's offense. Which is kind of true. It's going to be Clint's offense as Mike Zimmer sees fit. Yeah. Um, yes. But uh, but on the notion that this is the most excited Adam Thielen has ever been 
for a Viking season. Is that a fair statement when you look at the teams in 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 Adam Thielen's career? Is it is it how would you guys view it? Is it the most sort of intrigued you've been in the Mike Zimmer Adam Thielen era for a Vikings football season to begin? I was very intrigued, disappointed, but intrigued going into the 2018 season, which was the first one with Kirk, because if you know that team was coming off a 13 and three season, a run to the conference championship game. And, you know, you put in a quarterback who at the time you thought, Kirk Cousins, man, this is the final piece of the puzzle. Pieces are in place. Um, so I do have to admit that the last time I was probably su- super intrigued by this franchise was that year because we didn't really at that point in time know what to expect from Kirk. And he had just signed a huge contract. And I'll always go back to at the time he signed, I thought, oh, super, they got a quarterback. It's going to be great. So that's the last time that I was really, really intrigued by a Vikings team. And I think I think at the time I was right. Like, I don't think that in retrospect it, it was wrong. Kirk obviously didn't turn out to be the quarterback that we expected. Uh, but the last, so the last time, I'll just start here, that I felt really excited going into a Vikings season and sort of started an era, or what we thought was going to be one, it wasn't, was two thousand was 2009 and the pursuit of Favre. And then once they got Favre, you did say to yourself, this is a Super Bowl team. Am I there with this club, this collection? Probably not. Do I think in this conference this year that they have the opportunity to make noise? Um, and if things go right, to be ultra competitive? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say I'm over the moon excited. I would say that I'm far more intrigued than I have been probably in a few years by what could happen here because I had real, and I think we all did, real reservations going into 2020 given the lack of moves they had made to improve in certain areas. Yeah, I would say, I don't know if I would say, I guess exci- I am excited for this team because this I think this team's going to be good. I think there's a lot of really fun players to keep an eye on. Justin Jefferson, obviously, but I want to watch Patrick Peterson. I want to watch Bashad Breeland. There's a bunch of guys. On, I, I want to watch this whole defense operate under Mike Zimmer and uh, and everything that he says he has learned this offseason from just soaking in how NFL offenses are operating. So I'm I'm excited to watch the molding of this defense. I'm excited to watch Christian Derrissaw at left tackle and uh, to see if Kirk Cousins can take a step forward. I think where I'm at in terms of like Super Bowl excitement is I like that they have made the moves that they think can make them Super Bowl contenders. Mike Zimmer wanted all of the chips put on the defensive table through free agency, right? They spent all this money, basically all of their money, their meaningful money that they spent in the offseason was on defense. Um, and so, like, they're checking the boxes that they feel comfortable with turning this team into a Super Bowl contender. I still question the validity of their approach defense first and, you know, what, bottom five in pass attempts last year. I, it, it doesn't feel to me like Kirk is is the guy that's going to go on a four-game run in the playoffs against the best teams in the world uh, and just mow through with very few errors. Like, I just, he doesn't, he has, he's, he doesn't do that in his career. Like, he feasts on bad teams. He feasts when they're one and five and the season's kind of over. Um, there is validity to garbage time Kirk. There just is, like... Yeah, he has a great arm, and yes, he can. He, and yes, he has that Saints win. So I question how far they can go with Kirk, and I question their conservative 
hand the ball off and play defense approach. I don't know if that's going to win you the 13 games necessary uh, to play home games in the playoffs and maybe get a buy in the first round. Mm-hmm. But I, but I can appreciate that they have committed to this path as all in as you can. Um, and they have this team set up to their liking. And so for that reason, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how it plays out. And I'll, and I'll gladly admit that I was wrong on all these things if uh, we're sitting here in January and they're making a run. What about you, Declan? Yeah, I think last week this conversation when it first started from Thielen's comment, and I believe an SB Nation article came out too saying the same thing, like the preseason hype is real for this Vikings team. And, it, I mean, and I've, I'm excited for what they've done. I, I think it deserves credit. But I came up with a list, and I, I tweeted out right afterwards, of just like in terms of preseason hype, not what the actual team ended up doing, but the preseason hype of teams that I thought were legit that could actually make a Super Run. And I had 2009. I even had 2010 on there, too, because I thought they'd run it back and it would be completely fine. Mm. Big whiff, big egg on my face there. I had 2018 on there because you were coming off 13-3. and three. Kirk Cousins was ready to rock. I mean, plug and play a different quarterback. It should be great. That team wasn't great. I, did, I was high on 2015, second year of Teddy. The defense was ready to be cooking. I thought this team was going to be pretty good, and they went 11-5, and five, and if it wasn't for Blair Walsh, we would uh, be talking about a different Vikings team. And then the last one I had was 2004, just because that was a young Declan, all in on Dante Culpepper. Randy Moss was still yeah, there. That was, that was a, just me being yeah. very delusional, you know, 11-year-old yeah. Declan. Stop, <laughs> yes. I wasn't doing that at that Get off the point. wacky weed. At yeah, yeah, I was, I was, okay, I was just literally on purple Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. Literally was being just bathing and drinking purple Kool-Aid at 11 years old. So I had 09, 10, 18, 15, 2004 as just terms of preseason hype that I was excited for. I think that this 2021 team is, I guess, probably after that. I don't know. Can I bring up... Uh, can I bring up, can I broach, and I hate to, I hate to do this, um, but I will. All right. So I am optimistic, and I like what this team has done. And I, I think that they very well, if things break right, should be a contender. And I think the pressure should be on exactly for that. That's why. No excuses. But can I tell you what separates my feeling of being optimistic from Super Bowl contender? Because I think the Vikings can compete in the conference. But I can't. But I can't yet say Super Bowl. I I can say high expectations, make a run. But here's what would have gotten me from point A to point Z, and here's why I can't go there. So, Phil, you're right. Mike Zimmer got what he wanted. He asked for give me more defense. Our defense stunk. He's right about that. Uh, I, I think he based, I think Mike finally woke up and said, "Damn it, Rick, I'm not a miracle worker. I need help here." And so they got him, guys. But you know what the flip side to that is, too, as far as offensively and as far as going into the season? Because you've got skill position guys, for sure, they're good. But it's this one. And this would have this would have meant that you would have had to put up with Kirk for beyond his contract because it would have meant an extension of some sorts. But if when they had went to Kirk and said, let's restructure again, and Kirk had been like, awesome, yes, let's do it. Let's do it because it's going to help me because you're, you're going to sign a left guard because you're going to get a guy who day one can step in on that line. And he's not a draft pick. He's a he's damn near a sure thing. Right. That's why I can't go go there yet, because part of this process and Phil, you've gone through this list yourself. Brady Mahomes. Look at the teams that we consider to be serious Super Bowl competitors. What do their QBs do? I'm not saying they don't make a ton because they do. But they're willing to be very flexible for the greater good. And we can make an argument that those guys are crazy to do it. But they do it. And and I know that we're banking on a couple of draft picks. 
high picks to come in on that O-line and play well. And hopefully, for their sake, they do. Mm-hmm. But I'm always going to go back to this because because the people who, who are like the Vikings signed a, the Vikings signed everybody they wanted and Kirk's contract. You guys are bozos for broaching the, the subject. No, they didn't. Joe Thune. That's what I'll go back to. If Joe Thune was your starting left guard and Ezra Cleveland was your starting right guard, I would say this has Super Bowl components to it. But because Kirk doesn't do that, because Kirk said no this time, I can't take that next step. So that's one thing I wonder about because when you when you bring up like Pat Mahomes signed that massive ten year contract and then boom like immediately restructures the first year of the extension and his cap hit is down to seven point five million this year so that they could go get Joe Thune and so they could go fill a couple other holes you know in and around the team right yes um, he's not taking less money they're shuffling money he's not like. You know, people think it's oh, it's so noble that he's taking. He's not taking less money. He's restructuring. He's, he's greenlighting the shuffling of money into different years, future years. Yes. And because they have a ten-year contract, they can play with. You know, they can they can convert certain chunk. I don't know how they did it, but they can convert a chunk to a signing bonus and then spread that out throughout the duration of the remaining years. It's like it's way easier to restructure when you're on a long-term contract. Well, Kirk has one more year left after this. So he's actually going into this year. It's it's 2021 and 2022, right? Uh, and he already has the second highest cap hit in the NFL in 2022. So, like, you can take money out of 2021 and put it into 2022, but, like, he's already basically the highest paid quarterback in the league in 22. <laughs> so you'd have to add a year or two. You'd have, to, you'd have to extend him out to age 35, 36. And so I guess my question is, did Kirk say no because it was a pay cut and they didn't want to add years on to the end of the contract. Yep. Or did the Vikings maybe say no because they didn't want to add years beyond? Like Kirk said, listen, I'll restructure, but you got to guarantee me some money beyond 2022. Right. 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 I wonder, I wonder who said no. Cause you know that this was a discussion when they're going into the off season and they only had, well, yes. they, they were 12 or 14 million over the cap when the league year started. And they're looking at all the chess pieces on their roster saying, all right, who can, who can we approach about freeing up some money here? Well, Kyle Rudolph's easy. We'll just say goodbye. Um, Riley Reef, we go to him every year. It's great. We'll just say goodbye to him, I guess, too. You know, They clearly went to Kirk at some point. So you're saying if Kirk would have restructured, and maybe they give him a, a, another guaranteed year and it gets Joe Thune in the door, right? then you'd be all, then you, Judd Zolgat, would be all in. Yes, because then... You- then, barring Thune being hurt, you you would have done what the Chiefs did, which was which is largely remake your offensive line with guys that you can count on. I'm saying it's too much to yeah. say the draft the draft picks are not akin to veterans. I like the draft picks; that's absolutely fine. But if you are and the Vikings seemingly are because of the pressure on on Spielman and Zim, uh, all in for 2021. I feel much better if it's Joe Thune at left guard, Ezra Cleveland still at right guard, and then perhaps Darisaw at left tackle. Um, and Kirk, Phil, according to what Kirk said at the Super Bowl on Pro Football Talk Show, it sounded very much like he said, I'm good. Like they went to him. My guess is they offered to extend him out. And and because, I mean, you can get creative then. Like there's things that that you can do. Uh, Kirk basically made it very clear that he said, no, I did that last year. I'm good now. Well, listen, if the Vikings offered him more years so that they could have more flexibility to reduce his cap number in 2021, and he said no, that tells you everything you need to know about Kirk. Yep. 
everything you need. But to I mean, Kirk. But if that's the case. But Kirk is an opportunist, and Kirk. I, I mean, keep in yeah. mind, Kirk purposely played the Jets and had no real intention to sign there. He played the Jets off the Vikings and got the Vikings to, to give him what was, I believe, pretty much an unprecedented contract in this league. I mean, Kirk, Kirk is going to bleed every last dollar out of his team, and good for him in some ways. I'm not blaming him, but I am saying that for those who have been coming at us for a couple weeks now and saying, they, they signed Sheldon Richardson, Phil, shut up. You see, they got everybody they wanted. No, they didn't. No, they didn't, and it was the quarterback's decision. And just to be clear, I'm not even blaming him. I'm just saying, why can't I get to Super Bowl? Part of the reason is because you didn't have the freedom to make at least one move. Or, guess what, too? Right defensive end. You know, keep in mind, they pursued at least three, if not four guys, to play key positions that they could not fill. Carl Lawson, Joe Thune. So, like, let's not not be saying, Kirk didn't have to restructure. No, it it really would have helped. I'm just, I'm throwing that out there as a reason why... I, I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be very competitive. But, you but you know, there's possibly a few key moves that you could have made that you for sure couldn't make. That's fair. You like that? That's fair. You like that? Yes, and that cold bucket of water that Judge just poured <laughs> on your 2021 Vikings Reality. is presented Reality. By, by TCL. Enjoy more of what you love with TCL and also Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been around for over 100 years. And they've been helping business owners, you know, think about like right now, it's severe weather season in the Twin Cities uh, for the next three or four months or so. And so, you know, electrical outages can be a thing. They can disrupt computer, machinery, phone, security, (laughs) refrigeration systems. Uh, You just don't want to you don't want to have to deal with that. So Federated comes in with great resources to help you plan for weather emergencies at the risk management corner of FederatedInsurance.com. Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Uh, I am glad that that we are talking about uh, the most excited we've been for Viking seasons. And Declan sort of brought up uh, the list that he's been thinking about. I got a pecking order for you guys if you want it here, okay? Now, now Declan's list is mostly in the 2000s, but I was born in 1985. I am smack dab in the middle of, like, the Randy Moss era of Vikings fans. And so I want to present to you guys my pecking order of – the most excited I've been going into right. a Viking season. Okay? All right. Let's do it. If we could hit some appropriate I was going to say, uh, Maestro, fire here. up the NFL Films music. Yeah, let's uh, Can't do a let's make pecking this order without it. There it is. Bum, bum. All right. Yep. Uh, number here. five. We're gonna, I got five for you here. I've been excited, but I mean like sort of championship excited or like next level excited for Vikings football, okay? Okay. 2018. And I remember Judd and I were sitting there on Radio Row early February, and Kirk Cousins was walking around. He was in line at Shake Shack at one point. Yes. You know, he was scouting out. Got an area. He knew it. He knew it. Oh that time. yeah, he knew he was going to rob the. I mean, get signed here. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, the Vikings are coming off a thirteen and three season, best defense in the NFL. Yep. Mike Zimmer as a as a mastermind. And uh, they had yes, they had the wildly disappointing NFC Championship performance, but they just needed a more reliable, consistent option at quarterback. Because Case Keenum, you just you just could sense that he was a a carriage about to turn into a pumpkin. So Kirk was the final piece, 
and that team was going to go back yep. and finish what it started in 2017. Amen. And they missed the playoffs. And Kirk was great early on. Like he had a couple. He got in a shootout with Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau, um, a shootout against the Sean McVay Rams on national TV, and he put up some major numbers. But they just had some weird spots middle late in the season, and it never fully clicked. The defense wasn't as good. So, uh, but but going into 2018. I was thinking, man, this team could make a run at a Super Bowl. Yeah. And that Bears game, that last game against the Bears, that will forever live in my mind as the poster child of the disappointment of 2018. Yeah. And Kirk trying to explain, Thielen, here's your route. Here's the route you should have run. (laughs) And Thielen like, no, dude, that's not, no, bleep you. Yeah, I'm Adam bleeping Thielen. Mr. Mankato, former Mr. Mankato. All right, number number four on my list. So Declan gave you the 2004 Vikings on his list, right? Which is sort of young Declan, just pie in the sky Vikings hopes. Yep. Here is my equivalent, okay? The 1994 Vikings. As a kid who played Tecmo Super Bowl in the early 90s on Nintendo, as the Houston Oilers all the time. Warren Moon was mm. maybe my favorite quarterback in the NFL. Love the Oilers. And the Vikings acquired Warren Moon going into the 1994 season. And I was like, like nine-year-old Phil Mackey was like, what? <laughs> Warren Moon? Like, how how can this happen? Like, you know, I, I grew up basically as the Tommy Kramer uh, era was coming to an end. And my conscious Vikings memories were just Wade Wilson and Sean Salisbury and like Jim McMahon, Rich Gannon, right? The 10 year before. Years before was good. Little Jim and McMahon. Then, and Jim McMahon in 1993 <laughs> was like just a hodgepodge of mostly backup caliber quarterbacks or quarterbacks past their prime or, like I said, in Rich Gannon's case, nine years before he got good. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they acquired Warren Moon, and also, mind you, Chris Carter was emerging into one of the best receivers in the NFL. They had Jake Reed. Quadre Ismail was their, th- was the their third receiver. Called him the missile. Uh, and they had some stars on defense and Robert Smith. Like It was just... Everything was coming together. They had an offensive line, in my mind, and I thought, boy, you add Warren Moon to this thing, and this is going to be Super Bowl City, You're not. Boy. I don't think you're necessarily wrong, though, Phil. Really? Okay. Like, yeah, I, give me I, the adult perspective on this. The Moon acquisition was huge. This team hadn't had, it had been a long time since they, they mm-hmm. had had what appeared to be, and it was for a while, stability. Uh, in fact, I was at the regular season opener at Lambeau Field that year. And there was a lot of excitement. I, I, I don't think you're wrong. And, you know, Green came here in 92, and they were not that great, and he improved them right away. And I want to say his first year they made the playoffs and they lost to Washington at the Metrodome yep, in a playoff sure. game. But the point was, by now, by now the expectation was it's go time. Now, that was not correct, but that was it. So I, I believe that your nine-year-old self was actually probably – Fairly close to what the adults felt about that team. So, like, I just pulled up the roster here. So, offensively, Terry Allen, too, was a 1,000-yard rusher on that team. That might have been after he came back from a knee injury. Yeah, from his ACL. But your offensive line, Todd Stucey took a ton of penalties. but uh, Todd And he was a rookie that year. But Todd Stucey was formidable. Randall McDaniel, Hall of Famer. Jeff Christie Good. in his prime. Yes. Um, I think that was before they added David Dixon. Yeah, I didn't see him on here. But John Randall was in his prime. 
Henry Thomas was in his prime. They had one of the best interior defensive lineman combos in the entire league. Yes. Plus Jack Del Rio and Ed McDaniel at linebacker. Jack Del Rio. Uh, Vincey Glenn at free safety. Like, that team was loaded Jack up Del and down. Jack Del Rio, what What do you mean, He's Jack Del Rio? So, around that time, I was doing freelance player profiles for Viking Update. And that sounds like a you problem. As part, here, no, no, no. As part of my, as part of my, uh, my plan to get the profiles, I would drive down to training camp a couple of times and talk to players. And Del Rio was new at the time, and and I mean it was a pretty big name. And because I'm ordinarily doing like sixth round draft picks, right? Hey, tell me about yourself. Um, so I wait Del Rio out in in the old Gage dorm hall, and he's walking through after lunch coming to go back up to his room. And I'm like, uh, Jack, can we talk? I just want, you know, I mean, it's a player profile. Like, it's the softest of the soft. And Del Rio looks me, looks at me and goes, you know, I didn't have a very good preseason game this past week, and I really don't feel like I'm in the mood to talk right now and reflect what? my best self. And he blew me off. And I'm like, you got to be <laughs> kidding me. What year was this? Like 90, his first year 90, probably. 90, 90, okay. So uh, I'm just looking this up. He had reason to be salty. Although, I guess his first year he wouldn't have known this, but he was with the Dallas Cowboys, 89, 90, and 91. He went, the Dallas Cowboys were garbage when they when they had him. Yes. And then they were 11 and 5, and they had emerged into being a playoff team. And then he wound up with the Vikings the year that Dallas began its dynasty. So I can see why, he, like, he was there as the as Dallas was yeah. climbing the Jimmy ladder. Jimmy Johnson and then he was that good. <laughs> and he turned out to be fine here. But my point is, my point is, you're really going to tell me, like, at least make up a good lie. Since when's, when's the last time a veteran cared about his preseason performance? Dude, I uh, we all have stories like this. So I remember when I was, I was at KFAN as an intern in, like, 2005. Yep. I think this might have been 05. What year did they acquire Steve Hutchinson? Going into 05 or 06? 06. Okay. Brad so this would have been 06 training camp, and I would have been in college, like a sophomore in college or something. Yep. And I was sent down to cover – I was sent down to do two things. Go get, uh, like, quotes from players, and and this is the year before I started, like, covering the team, writing for the website. Mm-hmm. So I went down there to go, like, stick my mic and get interviews, but then I also had to go and get them to read liners, which is the oh, worst. God, like, dude. Oh, thank God. I'm glad I oh. never had to deal in that. Like, hey, can you? No, excuse me, sir, Mister Greenway. Say, will you? I'd say no. This is Chad Greenway. You're listening to Score North, yeah. right? Like, no, and then you run those on the radio. Do it loud. Terrible. And then half the time, they you hear these liners on the radio, and they you can tell they're just they want <laughs> nothing to do with it. But they but you run them anyways. So um, I walk up, and at the time, there was a Cowboys quarterback named Chad Hutchinson, mm-hmm. and for some reason, I just like. I was so nervous because I'm sure. about to go approach Steve Hutchinson. He's like 350 pounds. He could kill you. And could squash me. He could yeah. kill you. And, I, and it's my first time doing this. And so I'm just, I'm peeing down my leg, right? And I start, he's, he's like walking off uh, the practice field. And I'm kind of following him. And I start to say, Chad, Chad, hey, hey Chad, can I oh get you God. for a minute? He's no oh, idea no. who you're talking to. And he finally, like he looks over after like four of them and he's like, that's not my name, you idiot. <laughs> Hutch is scary too, as man. He sh- as he I liked him a lot, but he was he was so intimidating. And I was like, "Oh no!" Like most embarrassed I've probably and that was ever it? been in my life. No liner. I never I never tried to approach him ever, ever again. again. Yep. 
Your so you talk I mean, to him I went to him show. and like I waited a year or two, and uh, he didn't remember like what happened. No hell no. I did like I waited a year or two before I went back up to him in any sort of locker room setting. But I was just well. Terrified. At least you insulted him. <laughs> I did nothing to Jack, and he still wouldn't talk to me. A, a bad preseason game. All right, uh, I think we're up to number three on my list here. You like that? You like that? The most excited I have ever been going into a Viking season. Number five was 2018. Number four was 1994. And number three, 2009. I mean, you had local, you had the, the five eyewitness news helicopter. Wow. I can't mm. wait for the first two. You'll see where I'm going here. Um, <laughs> okay, but, 98. So you had, you had Favre and Childress in a black SUV. It yep. was like the OJ chase. You had the Channel 5 helicopter, Chopper 5 following them on the Chopper. freeway. And then um, outside Winter Park. There were hundreds of Vikings fans up and down that side street. One guy in a chicken suit. The guy in the chicken suit was, was our favorite. Scott and I love the guy in the chicken amazing. suit. And so I remember all of us who covered the team as writers and me for for uh, KFN.com and uh, radio were all just standing outside, just soaking in the vibe and waiting for the SUV to go by. Um, it was one of the more surreal scenes, and like when Brett Favre shows up with that dirty ass Nike hat yes. for his first press Golf conference, hat, yeah, <laughs> just in a ratty T-shirt, you knew you knew it was go time. Oh, it's go time! It's go time! It yes. was go time! Yeah. And so that was a blast. All right, yeah. What's number two? I'm gonna I'm gonna skip to number one to to preserve some drama here. Number one is 1998. Okay. So I mean, you could tell. The minute that Randy Moss got drafted, and then when you started to see this thing come together in training camp and uh, preseason games, it was like, all right, this feels different. You knew something was brewing going into the 98 season. I think we were all a little bit still on pins and needles because of all the disappointment of the 90s and getting bounced in the playoffs. But like once you saw that offense, and once Randall Cunningham came in in like week two or three, you knew something was different. So 98 is number one. It's the most excited that... My entire generation has been for the Vikings. The Meadows at Mystic Lake invites you to play their award-winning public golf course. It offers a unique, challenging, and scenic experience that both beginner and expert golfers will enjoy. The Meadows at Mystic Lake features over 7,000 yards of pristine bent grass fairways, trees and greens surrounded by acres of wildflowers and prairie plants. This oasis, just minutes away from downtown Minneapolis, provides a magical escape to nature. It's never too early to book a tea time or shop the pro shop. Stop in or visit GolfTheMeadows.com. That's GolfTheMeadows.com. Owned and operated by the Shakopee Mwakatinsu community. Number two. Let me take a sip of water here. <clears throat> what could it be? Number two was 1999. Oh, Because right. I right. and all of my Vikings fan friends thought, they're just going to run it back. Yeah. That's okay. It's like 2000. That's okay. Yeah. Well, that was terrible. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Cunningham's coming back. Moss is coming back. Chris Carter's going to be the same. <laughs> Let's yeah. get a couple guys back. John Randall's coming back. Yep. Denny Green can like, we'll just run it back. It's just, yeah, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. We'll just, uh, just one year later, we'll get that first Super Bowl championship. Dust ourselves off. Eh, not quite the same. But in terms of excitement going into the year, just for myself, 1999 was like, let's do this, baby. The greatest show on turf did not exist until like, you know, the season started in St. Louis. Yeah, they copied um, the Vikings. Yep, and they, and so, they uh, did one better. So there it is. I'll let you guys react to this. But number one, the '98 team. Number two, the '99 team. Number three, the '09 team. '94, and then the 2018 team. It's the most excited I've ever been going into a Vikings football season. 
I'd say just from a from a standpoint from what I've seen, I would put 2009 personally above 98 because I didn't know what Moss was going to do. And and keep in mind, Brad Johnson was a starting quarterback, and he got hurt, and he was good. But, like, no. it didn't pop until Johnson got hurt and Cunningham started. Um, 2009 was such a crescendo to his far of coming, his far of, oh, my God, he's here now. And this feeling that once – because that team was prepared – Unfortunately, that team was prepared to win a Super Bowl once it got a quarterback. Like every Childress had really done everything else well. The defense was not fantastic, but it was good. It certainly had components. Um, the offense had enough dynamic players, and that team needed one thing. That team needed a quarterback, and then it got it. And also, in in '98, Moss was great from day one. But Brad Johnson started a quarterback. He threw, what, a touchdown pass or two to Moss in week one against Tampa Bay at the Metrodome. And then he got hurt, and there was this transition. And you didn't know if Cunningham was going could still play well or not, and ultimately he obviously did. But in 2009, the Favre thing was like two games of, okay, Favre's going to manage games, and Peterson's awesome, and this is going to be fantastic. And then, bang, week three, Greg Lewis, touchdown. You're like, oh, hold on a second here. So I would I would always say that 2009 team to me, as you saw it unfold almost like a movie, was my yeah. top one. 98, I just didn't know as much about, and I also didn't uh, cover that team on a full-time basis, to have the same excitement. But, I mean, Moss was a freak, and it was fun. But that leads me to this. So what's the most disappointing year after the great year? 99, 2010, 2018. I think it's 99 because, like, listen, t- 2010, this is just me personally. I remember, like, in the early days of the Racy and Mackey show, I remember specifically going on the air and saying, this doesn't feel right. It felt like, it felt like that was the window. Favre looks and feels old. Yeah, Rice Sydney Rice is her, holding yeah. out. Yep. Like, it just it felt weird to me. And I think I went on the record saying 500. This is a 500 team. I don't think you can recapture it. Look it just you. feels weird. Um, I've been wrong way more often than I've been right talking into a microphone, but I was right about that. 99, to me, it felt like, oh, God, Randy Moss might even get better. John Randall's still amazing. Um, and that was just naivety as well. And you didn't see the Rams coming. Right. You know, the, the like you didn't you didn't think that one year later that there would just be a better offense. <laughs> right. True. So to me, ni- 99 felt like more of an open window. And really, it kind of was because they went to the NFC Championship game a year later anyways. So they had they had a multi year window that was open. The night the the 2010 team in retrospect, like that was an old team. That window shut after 2009. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my okay. take. Anyway. I'm going to give you the, the one that I don't think we discussed nearly enough. 2018. Yeah, I feel like we give that a pass, and I don't know exactly why. That team went it's to well, it's because it's the era is not over yet. We're like we give it a pass because right, oh, but, they can they, but, they can still make up for it. But right? keep in mind, Kirk came here with the idea that it was going to pop. Farvinian like like he was the he was the final piece to the puzzle like that was a your defense is awesome which in 17 it was your offense is good it's got a lot of good parts but but the Keenum thing was probably a mirage in retrospect so let's go get the best quarterback that you possibly can get which they in their defense tried to do right and they didn't make the playoffs yeah like to and and if I recall correctly that last game against the Bears here was if they had won against the Chicago team that, by the way, had locked in, right? Um, they make the playoffs. So, like, to miss the playoffs completely, 
with a final piece of a puzzle QB because the cousin signing was never done as this long term. Oh, we've solved the problem for years and hopefully in two years he can win or three years. The cousin signing was done with immediate results expected. So that's a big disappointment. Yeah, it was. It was. Like, it I was feel like we don't talk be, about that one enough. It was really 2018, the window's open. And if the contract sucks in 2020, then okay, deal with it in 2020. Correct. Right? So, uh, by the way, uh, real quick, U.S. Open was a blast over the weekend. You know, just guys melting down on Sunday and grinding to, to make par. Uh, but if you listen, if you if if you caught a little bit of a little bit of golf fever over the weekend, yep, little 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 drama that you want to uh, get your fix going forward. The three M Open is on the horizon in the Twin Cities. You want to watch some of the best players in the world. Uh, Matthew Wolf was in it until the last few holes. Uh, one of the best golfers in the world. You can get tickets. Tickets are available, and three M Open is open to fans July nineteenth through the twenty fifth at TPC Twin Cities. Tickets available at three M Open dot com slash tickets. Come out, get loud, 3mopen.com slash tickets. You like that? Or a couple beers. You like that? Sounds great. I'll see you there. A couple beers. Yeah. Yeah. guessing there's going to be a couple, two, three beers. I'm bringing my Stella case like, like that dude did, and I'm just going to drop it. <laughs> then a wayward so shot's going to go right into it. That's one of my what favorite did parts. Someone, did someone buy Stella? Or did you, can, you, can you bring I was wondering. Beer? Like, I bet you can't bring in cases. No. I, I bet you I bet you it was a VIP type of deal, right? Where, where, he, oh, okay. where he probably bought the 12-pack of Stella. But, like but here's my question. Is dude who bought... Twelve uh, Stella twelve pack and drank it. Same dude that ran on the course and started to hit chip shots and got tackled <laughs> by security. Yeah, most did you see that? Went out naked. Yep. They, they, like he went out there with a golf club, and, a golf uh, club and shorts shots. on. Genius. <laughs> And then they got, got tackled on on the fairway. Enjoy a weed-free summer at the lake, courtesy of Aquaside. One easy application of Aquaside pellets can eliminate weeds and lake muck. Aquaside has been trusted by hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners since 1960. Neglecting aquatic weeds can hamper recreational activities like swimming and boating. Lake weeds can also provide breeding habitats for insects. Make your lakeshore beautiful this summer with Aquaside. Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. All right, good stuff there, boys. Good stuff. Um, We've got uh, all kinds more between now and training camp for you, including some more Rewind episodes that you guys – so part two of that Brett Favre stories episode with Sage Rosenfels, we're going to drop that at some point here in the next couple of weeks. So keep your eyes out. And if there's ever anything you want us to discuss on any of these episodes – we love the Purple Daily community, the YouTube comment section. Uh, you can send us messages through the Score North app as well. Just click that feedback link at the bottom. So uh, we'll be uh, counting down the days until training camp, and then we'll see if this no-excuses Vikings team can live up to the hype that they've generated. That's a wrap on today's episode of Purple Daily. See you guys tomorrow.